Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the first day of May 2015. And today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 77, and we will be reading the last paragraph and then the first paragraph on 78. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Angie, the 12 Traditions, Amy W. And then our text readers are Katie G, Charles H, and Alice M. And the share ID for Thursday, yesterday, the 30th of April is 7516, 7516. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own, our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Angie to please read the 12 steps for us. Star one to unmute, Anne, please. Good morning, everyone. This is Anne G., a recovering compulsive overeater from Colorado, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, made a surging and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked God to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Anne. 
I will now ask Amy W. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, um, Vision for You. This is Amy W., compulsive overeater from California. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group con- in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to serve us, and I pass. Thank you, Amy W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute, and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are on page 77. We are going to begin reading with the last paragraph on page 77, which will be for context, and the first paragraph on page 78, which is what we will be commenting on. And um, with that, I am going to ask Katie G. to read for us, please. Good morning, Monica. This is Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Reader from Boston. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Very good. Wonderful. Good morning. The privilege it is to be here absent and sober. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. 
Simply, we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. We are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so, never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our own. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the results. In nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. Sometimes the man we are calling upon admits his own fault, so feuds of years standing melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well. Occasionally they will offer assistance. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of the office. We have made our demonstration, done our part, it's water over the dam. And um, KDG recovered, grateful this morning, compulsive overeater. And um, what a privilege it is to um, be reading about um, step nine and reflecting. And I had a, um, when I first went through this process, I had over 120 amends to make. And um, I really got into the results business. And I don't mean the results of me staying abstinent and, and being happy, joyous, and free. I mean, me, like, crusading, you know, like I just wanted to go around and make all my amends. And um, I was really into like, I need to find the person, I need to make this right, and they need to tell me I'm great. And I'll be honest, like I had a lot of really wonderful, like happy, warm, fuzzy, you know, um, amend experiences. But that's not what this is about, right? What this is about is me showing up and restoring people's reality, right? And so I had a lot of people give me my reality. I had a lot of people say, yeah, Katie, you know, you're really hardworking, and if you just developed some people skills, maybe you'd be successful in your career. Or with somebody else where I um, <clears throat> I lied about work that I did for her, she said, gosh, you know, you were such a hard worker, and I really, I really would have appreciated it if you'd come to me and ask for help. You know, but your inability to be honest with me is really frustrating. Or to have my, um, my, you know, the most painful amend was with my mom. Like, I, mom and I needed to have a resolution, right? That's the lie. I told myself, like, I needed to, like, show up and, and be, you know, Katie recovered and get all the credit. And you know what, guys? She didn't let me make amends for three years. But it was water over the dam, right? It's in the past. What does the book ask me to do? To show up and be willing. So I showed up appropriately. I said, Mom, you know, I'd like to sit down and talk with you. Okay, okay, okay. And it never happened for three years until last year. And um, we finally got to talk. Um, But it was a very, very painful process for her and for me. And, um, you know, I just really like that it's not about me like um, getting something back, right? Like, and even in um, friendships, like I had a friend um, and we had this wonderful experience where I showed up and I said, this is what I did and I was wrong and I regret my behavior and she showed up and I was like, this is what I did and she and I were riding off into the sunset of friendship, right? But you know what? It didn't work out that way. Like God had better plans. God didn't want us to continue in each other's lives Um, And that is okay, you know, but this is, I can be alone and in perfect peace and ease and look the world in the eye, which are the promises of the fifth step, because I continue on and I continue to show up. And as I've heard, you know, so many visionaries say, like, 
I got honest, right? Like, I, I, I restored people's reality to my dad. Like, I wasn't the kind of daughter I should have been. I was disrespectful of your things, and I regret my behavior. And, um, you know, it was, it was walking through a lot of things that were uncomfortable, but that's life today, right, guys? This is not Get Comfortable Anonymous. I wish it was. This doesn't feel happy anonymous. Man, if it was, I would be in the right place because I want to feel good all the time. But this is about KDG, recovered, compulsive overeater, and showing up in her own skin, being comfortable with that, and having the integrity to say, you know what? I was wrong. I regret my behavior and giving the results to God. You know, I may not, I couldn't make all my amends, and that is okay. What I have to do is stand willing. What I have to do is make my three attempts. What I have to do is show up, make my attempts, and, and, and when, when God gives me opportunity, that's great. You know, but it's about restoring right. the reality. Thank you. And um, what a privilege it is to be a member of this program and to be able to live with honesty, dignity, and grace today. Blessings. Thank you, Amy. I mean, Katie G. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Would anyone like to comment Chrissy on this? M. This is M. Bella. Can I say? M. Bella. Okay. Chrissy M. Bella. Hi. I'm Chrissy M. Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from New Jersey. And thank you so much. Um, yeah, this is something that I just got got through doing um recently and I my um sponsor had me write write letters to the people because the contact would have been more harmful to them. Um I was willing to do anything. I was willing to go and and to, to be present and to, to face them and and I'm still willing if God puts them in my life obviously I wouldn't I wouldn't need to cross the street anymore if if God put them in my path today, I wouldn't have to cross to the other side because having seen my part in it and kind of owning up to the fact that I'm human and they're human, I have had a spiritual awakening as a result of doing this step. And and I don't, I no longer have to be that person anymore. But when, And I like the saying, when you know better, you do better. And by God's grace, I can do better now because now I know better. I saw I saw the truth of my behavior, and and that's what allowed God to come in and and change my thinking and and change really my heart and what what I want to be and how I want to be in the world. I want to please God today. Um, but just really quickly, one I got a comment back from my my mother about my cousin my cousin was working with me and i let her go very abruptly and i gave her an amends and it wasn't a flowery amends it was just um very matter of fact and um she she said that she wishes that it had more feeling and emotion in it you know the amends and it hurt for like 5 seconds and then i realized that, that that's what she could have expected from the old Chrissy because I was so full of it. You know, I would have been groveling and asking for, for pity because I would have wanted something out of it to establish a connection again. And that's not what this amends was about. It was about taking responsibility. I wasn't appealing for forgiveness. And so um, 
yeah, that was a big eye-opener for me. I hope that helps other people um, with doing this step. That's all I have. Thanks. Thank you, Chrissy M. And Bella, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Wow, such a wonderful statement. And yes, it happened to me. Before the program, I said so many times, I am sorry. But it was from a very, very bad point of view, from a very not healthy point of view. I was a people pleaser. I was in a war. I was in a competition. I was jealous. So I said, I am sorry, but it was, it came from a judgmental heart. I was judging myself and others. Not all the time I felt that I really have to say sorry, but I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be loved. And for me to say I am sorry, it was like to judge somebody, to blame either me or somebody else. It was, it wasn't healthy. It was, I was connected to my power. I wanted to show that I am perfect. Okay, I am, I did a mistake and now you are perfect. So I will say I am sorry. I want also to be perfect like you. Thank you, God. I am not there anymore. Yes, as soon as I came to the program, and yes, when I came to to step nine to make an amends, it was from such a loving point of view. Yes, I knew that I am accepted by God. I know that God loves me the way I am, and I didn't I didn't want to judge somebody and not to judge myself. I knew that yes, I did mistakes because I am human, and now I am willing to learn, to learn new behaviors. I change my beliefs. And yes, today when I am saying, when I am making an amends, it's because I want to, to take off all the blockages that are in the way for me, between me and God. And it's such a freedom. It's such an acceptance. And yes, it's really do we fail? Yes, because I brought God into my amends. It wasn't my power. It was the power of God. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? Reva P. Reva P. Anybody else? Vasa. Vasa, anybody else? Lisa M. Lisa M. I think there was another voice there. Janice M. Janice. Okay, I got Reva P., Vasa, Lisa M., and Janice M. Reva P., you're up, and then Vasa. Hi, can you hear me? Sure can. Oh, great. Hi, I'm Reva P., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Um, I wanted to tag on to what someone else has already shared about this not being a comfortable process and how, uh, for me, it's wonderful that this doesn't come until step nine or eight um, because I need to get right with myself, with God, and with another person in terms of admitting this is what I do. This is what I do when I'm not in alignment with a higher power 
when I'm not following the program. These are the behaviors I indulge in. And for me to admit that to myself um, and somebody else and my higher power then leads me to the step where I can go to people and not just apologize, as was shared, but to try to make restitution and change um, for the better. Um, and I guess I wanted to just point out here, you know, it, it's not comfortable and it's not easy, but I love how it says it shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter what the response of the person is because I need to do this to get well, to recover, and I need to remind myself, do I want to live or do I want to die in this disease? Um, and am I willing to go to any lengths? And um, also to remember that, as it was said before, I'm not doing this alone. I'm going with God. I'm planning things out with a sponsor, praying for guidance before I go up to these people. Um, and it is such a relief to not carry around the bricks of all the examples I can prove to myself of what a bad person I am. Um, and just be free of all that. So that's all I have to share. Thank you very much. Thank you, Reva P. And Vasa, you're up, and then it'll be Lisa M. Yes, thank you, Monica, for your service, and good morning, everybody. And I'm Vasa, or Grateful Recover Compulsive with Ida, calling from um, Boston, Massachusetts. And this is, it's really good to, get re, to re, go back and get reminded where I was years ago when I started my program and how I, you know, I can, I can do still amends today if I wrong somebody. And, it, it, you know, again, remember it was agreed at the beginning we would to any length for victory over alcohol. And, that, and for me, that was the key. I didn't want to ever, ever go back into the food addiction, and I just, I, I would have done whatever you told me to do, you know. And as a matter of fact, it became, you know, like I like the way the big book lays, lays out the steps, you know. And it's just the directions, the recipes right here. But I remember projecting. I was probably on step four and five and thinking about eight and nine. And I would get afraid or uncomfortable. I would say, oh, my God, I'm going to do this. And I was always reminded. God is taking you here up to this point, and God is going to take you each step as you go along through the process. And that's so true. You know, I didn't have to waste the time and energy thinking about it because I wasn't even there anymore. And when the time came, you know, because I heard how the people did it and how they were so courageous to do it and how my sponsor did it, and I said, if they did it, I can do it too. I, I, I'm not saying I was fearless. I was fearless, but I was not paralyzed with the fear. And the first one I made was to my older brother. And because, you know, growing up, I called them names. We called each other names, you know. And I'm sure he heard, you know, I had heard him. And he heard us too as children because he was the oldest. And I went to him first, and he said, you know what? I want to make amends to you and my brothers, too, because I had done very hurtful things to you, you know. And it was just amazing. So, you know, I didn't even expect that from him. But anyways, I did make a lot of my amends, and I'm, there's still a few more when God will put those people in my life. If it's meant for me, I will make them. If I don't, then I don't. 
God knows in my heart I'm willing and ready to do whatever it takes. And then uh, I did letters, I did face-to-face, I did by prayer, that people. And then there was a sister-in-law. I was very envious of her. Of course, she never knew that I was envious. And she was very educated in master degrees, and I was envious because I thought her life was so much better than mine because she was out there in the workplace, she was making money, and she was better than me because she was more educated. And I didn't have to say that to her, but it just came out. We were going to a party, and she said, you know what, I was envious of you because you stayed home, and you could take care of your children and take care of your house. And you know, I, I, I'll just wrap it up. She, so she was envious of me, just like I was envious of her. So it was better that, you know, I thought people that were educated, they had it better than me. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Lisa M., you're up, and then it'll be Janice M. Hi, everyone. This is Lisa M. I'm a compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. And um, stuff's pretty powerful to hear everybody's experience. And I am not at this um, step yet. And um, But when I... I'm so grateful that we're reading this together and I'm part of this group because, you know, when I first came around and I would go to meetings and I would hear people talk about eight, nine, you know, all these steps that I was nowhere near. I mean, it sounded like, you know, Charlie Brown's teacher, want, want, want. I mean, I couldn't understand anything anybody was saying. So I am so grateful to be able to be part of this and um, listening to people who have done this before me, I feel like it's, a really incredible thing to do and that the instructions are very clear and tells you exactly what to do because I would have never known what, how to do any of this. There are certainly people in my life that, you know, I owe apologies to or I owe explanations to. There was a woman that, you know, bought tickets for me and I never paid her back. I completely ignore her, you know, and she never speaks to me anymore and, you know, and I'm, you know, I need to fix that. And, you know, I have relatives in my life that I just ignore, and I know it's painful to them that I'm ignoring them. So, you know, it's just stuff that I just thought I would never have to deal with. And, you know, those are the exactly the things that, you know, I would eat over, or, you know, I'd feel in my heart, and it would be heavy on me, and I would eat over it. So, you know, I'm just really grateful to be listening to this, and, it really is a lot of hope, and and when I get there, I'll be ready, and um, I know that now. So that's all I have to say, and uh, thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lisa M. Janice M., you're up. Yes, good morning to you, Monica, and good morning, everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Yeah, you know, if you're sitting there and you're new, you're going to go, oh, no, I don't have to do that. Well, why did I feel like that? Well, because I was so afraid. I was so afraid because, you know what, not for anything, but I never wanted to admit that I was wrong. (laughs) It was always about you. You did that to me, and that's why I'm like I am, you know? And, And I was like an insecure perfectionist. That's what I called myself. I was so trying to be perfect, but I was so insecure. So it, these are the things that, you know, blocked me from not doing it a couple of times or holding back because, number one, 
I was afraid, like I said. But, you know, when we're at this step, just to, to, to give you some hope if you're new, we've gone through the, you know, the first, you know, eight, nine steps, and we have courage now. If we're doing what we're supposed to do and what I've been taught every day, I have courage to, from my higher power, whom I understand is God, um, to replace that fear. So, yeah, you know, he's going to give me the strength, and boy, did he ever. He really gave me the strength to go through this. Why? Because the prize at the end was going to be the freedom, freedom from the guilt that I walked around with, freedom from the remorse, freedom from the, the restlessness. That's the gift. That's the prize. And it's not an option. It wasn't an option for me, you know, because these are the things that I, you know, could just point the finger at them and didn't see my part. But once I did this process, I've, I saw my part. I saw my flaws through the fourth step, you see. So, you know, and, and how irresponsible I was and how insecure I was, and that's why I, I, I was like this. But the prize is I'm going to be free, free from all that. And just to walk over that line and get to the other side is a feeling and the result that you don't want to miss, really. And um, I have to, you know, I will get the strength. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Rochelle. I didn't hear your name. Rochelle. Oh, Rochelle. Okay. Rochelle. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, Rochelle, you're up. Good morning. This is Rochelle Recovered in Baltimore, and it's peaceful here today, and uh, I'm just so grateful. And, it, and basically I'm, uh, I'm sharing because of something that Janice said. So uh, um, it's really quite amazing because I've been looking over uh, where I need to make amends, and uh, I believe there are no accidents in my life. And someone, I had a business interaction with someone recently, and it was, I couldn't understand how she didn't understand my intentions. It was, I sent her a professional e- email, and she sent me back something about why am I so angry. And uh, I couldn't understand why she thought I was angry. And then it seems that I had sent her, I was trying to collect some money, and I was, um, I sent her an email in January, which had been ignored or she hadn't received it, and I put three lines in capital letters. And uh, that was obviously came to, to my attention from, from her emailing me back that caps in text means uh, you're angry. Okay, well, I didn't know that because I, I'm from a time when you want to get someone's attention, you put something in caps, not certainly not for anger, maybe for warning or attention. So I wrote back to her, you know, no, no, this was my background and that was my intention. And that got me to thinking, and, and I realized you know, there, there are no accidents in this world. So I had had an interaction with her perhaps 10 years ago where um, she had brought something to my attention. She had made a personal phone call and, and went out on, on a limb to tell me something about somebody and uh, where she thought I could make a difference. And I was so um, insulted because my pride was at stake here. How could you say that to me? You know, and, and it, because of her bringing this to my attention, it changed my life and, and the life of others. And, and I realized at this vantage point in my life that 
I have no reason to be angry at her. No, no, I have a reason to be grateful to her. So I, I contacted my sponsor is not available because I want to discuss do I need to make an amends to her, and she was not available to me, so I contacted a, uh, an older person who, who I admire in terms of her wisdom, and it was clear to me by the end of the conversation that I didn't owe her an apology. What I owed her was an expression of gratitude. So next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to work on, on writing a letter to her and discussing it with my sponsor. My sponsor should be available soon and make sure that it hit all the right nodes that she understands. And maybe if there's a misunderstanding in the relationship, it was my doing and not hers. And it, it is so gratifying to me to, to have the humility to be able to see that, that I was able to squash my pride and recognize that it was pride. And that was before I was in program that this all happened, you know, with this, uh, this thing from 10 years ago. So I continue to be grateful, and uh, thank you for this meeting. Pass. Thank you, Rochelle. Would anyone else like to comment before we move on? Okay. Melissa C. Oh, all right. Melissa? Go ahead, Melissa, and then we're going to move on. Good morning. Good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And, um, you know, what kind of is hitting me this morning is – you know, for me to make amends, um, I have to let go of the investment I've had in being right. And, um, you know, that was like my great justification for all kinds of poor actions on my part. Because somewhere um, I believe in some core of my being that I was right, that somewhere I was right. And, um, and whether I felt this way because wrongs had been done to me, um, or I didn't get what I wanted, um, you know, I was still thinking that um, I'm running the show. And it's it's when I let go of the importance in the investment I had to be right as, as that being connected with my fellows and um, and that I can own my mistakes. And, um, and it's okay if I'm not right, you know. The world isn't going to come crashing to an end, um, and I don't have to worry about the reaction that I've gotten from the amends that I've made because, like I said before, some of them, the reactions were beautiful and others were not, and um, and that's okay, too. I have, you know, with working my program um, and having connection with my higher power, I have acceptance for life on life terms, and... Um, and so the relationships that have ended or aren't, you know, in the really quite as good as they once were, um, if I'm being honest and authentic, then that's probably exactly how God intends those relationships to be. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean that it's done forever. You never know when um, a flame can be rekindled. And um, But as long as I'm authentic and um, doing my part. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. And let's move on to the next paragraph. And Charles, could you read for us, please? Star one to unmute. Yes, now I can. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Thank you. Um, Okay, so most alcoholics owe money. We do not dodge our creditors. Telling them what we are trying to do, we make no bones about our drinking. They usually know it anyway whether we think so or not. 
nor are we afraid of disclosing our alcoholism on the theory it may cause financial harm. Approached in this way, the most ruthless creditor will sometimes surprise us. Um, do I, that, that's the paragraph, or do I finish? Okay. You're, you're reading to are, are afraid to face them. That's the end of the paragraph. Okay, gotcha. Arranging the best deal we can, we let these people know we are sorry. Our drinking has made us slow to pay. We must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go. For we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. My name is Charles, a recovered visionary just for today. Um, and thank you for the, thank you for this opportunity. Um, I sure identify in with this. And, you know, I, for someone that's just, just a friendly suggestion, because I don't know nothing. All I know is I need to keep continuing this process. Um, I, I strongly suggest someone that's going through this process also to read the the ninth step in the AA 12 and 12. You know, because... It talks about it talks about us, you know, as soon as we get in the program we want to make amends. Well we're making a living amends, which was so beautifully displayed yesterday that there is uh living amends. As soon as you come up in here, right, um, that's a living amend. Just just like surrendering, right? But um you know, I, I, I tended to want to jump out the jump out the window. I tend I did jump out the window. Um when I first came up in here, you know, I did some things that if I would have made an uh, amends or right away to people, because of course I owed money, and but if I would have disclosed some things without, you know, go, first going through with the sponsor, you know, I'd probably be in handcuffs. Can I tell the truth on this? <laughs> I'd probably be in handcuffs. So, you know what, yeah, there was some fear. I try to run. I, I, okay, let me just tell you, I, I owe the IRS a lot of money because of some things that I did through self-will. What's those four defects? Yep, self-seeking. Yep, mm-hmm. Fear, uh, dishonesty, and, and the other one, you know what it is. So, But, yeah, so those four character defects, I had beer claws on the money. I finally was after it. I didn't want to give nobody nothing. I didn't, like I said, I didn't want to get... All I wanted to do was lose weight when I came here. I didn't want to gain no spirituality. I didn't want I didn't want to know peace. I didn't want to know happiness. I didn't want those nine step promises when I first came up in here. I just wanted to glout in the fact that, yo, look at me. I wanted to buy an OA gold chain with diamond cuts in the O and the A. And I wanted everybody to see that. But today, what a transformation that, you know, I had no fear of my creditors. My first sponsor explained some some examples of how he got through on the other side, and I was like, wow. You know, after the transformation, after the work's being done, my mind got brainwashed to the fact that I love pain. And I, you know what? I still owe. But I got over that hurdle, and one day at a time, I'm taking two men through this process currently, and they're getting over their hurdles. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for allowing me to be served. Thank you, Charles H. And who would like to share on this paragraph? Matt M. Matt. Paula D. Paula. Anybody else? Okay. Leah. Leah. All right. Okay. We'll start with that. 
Matt M., Paula D., and Leah. Matt M., you're up. Hi, Monica. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Thank you, Monica, for your service. And thank you, my fellow visionaries, for being here today. Over 200 of us. That's really good solidarity. I'm very grateful that we're talking about this money issue. I didn't realize how much of an egomaniac I am with low self-esteem and how much self-righteous I was. And I still think sometimes that, you know, I don't, like, I don't, like, my, my actions don't, don't, don't harm anybody or that I'm, I'm some kind of saint and the world has done me wrong and, oh, my God, what arrogance that is. It just makes, it just, it just astonishes me how much that I think that I'm a know-it-all. That's what it is. It comes out, I know it all, the rest of the world, I could teach the rest of the world something and I have nothing to, I have nothing to learn. That kind of attitude being that I'm too damn smart for this damn program, that's what, that's what was going through my head that, you know, I could teach these 12 steps or something. And I'm like thinking to myself now, I'm thinking, oh my God, I need a huge dose of humility. I needed to be knocked off my high horse. I was so up there, like my nose was reaching the sky. And I didn't realize that it took me almost five, six years of relapse to finally, finally get knocked down into a state of reasonableness, like it says in the big book, that I had to become willing to do this. Um, I'm done with the procrastination side of this program because you know what? It does say vigorous course of action. I wasn't doing that. But the amends, I owe people so much money, and I don't make a lot of money. And I was thinking, well, you know, they're just going to have to wait for their money because I'm on disability. I don't have them. And, oh, my God, the self-righteous attitude that they don't deserve their money. You know what? I, they did give me services, a lot of those creditors. I took services. Basically, it was stealing. If I look at it really hard, I took services and had no intention of paying them back. It was basically stealing. You know, it doesn't matter if it was a, it was a, it was a credit card company, if it was an electric company, if it was a cable company. If I really look at it like that, then you know what? I'm a thief and I'm dishonest. And if I'm dishonest with myself about that I don't, about owing the money to them, how can I be honest with anybody, my higher power, my sponsor, anybody? Until I get right with myself and I, how can I even go to make amends with Because I'm going to admit to myself that I've done these things. Because there are some creditors that I really to this day say, you know what? They have harmed me and I don't want to give them their money. Because I think that, that I think that, that is the way of, in my sick head sometimes thinking of punishing them, that they don't deserve the money. And that is so sick. And I'm grateful that just for today I can have been enough sanity to go through forward with this process. I'm finishing up my fourth step tomorrow, tonight, and I'll be grateful to get this done. I want it out of me. I want to be happy, joyous, and free. I hear so much good recovery on the line from all the other members, and I just want that. I don't want to be stuck this this person who is like, selfish and egotistical and self-serving. No, I want to be a much better person. I want to give back to the world. I'm sick. I was so tired of, like, taking from the world and being alone because people would run the other way every time they saw me coming. I'm just grateful just for today. I can have the willingness to do this, and I'm happy just for today. With that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt M. Paula G., you're up, and then Leah. Star one to unmute, Paula. Sorry about that, Monica, and I just <laughs> gave you a beautiful thank you. <laughs> but I'll repeat it. A thank you again for your service. And I'm coming here. My name is Paula D. I am a compulsive reader, recovered by and with the grace of God. You know, I just wanted to, to zero in on a couple of lines here. We do not dodge our creditors. Do you ever play dodgeball? You ever play dodgeball? It's pretty exhausting, isn't it? You run one way. Don't let that ball get you. Don't let that creditor get you. Of course, they were wrong. They're terrible, terribly high interests. You ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. But I will tell you, we do not dodge our creditors. 
because, see, my goal here was to become closer to God. Honey, I was doing a lot of running around, not drawing closer. And then it goes on, and I'm going to go on as it here. Approached in this way. What way? What way? Again, I'm going to bring up the word humility. Not justification. Well, you know, they had so much. Really? Really, Paula. Think again. The most ruthless creditor will sometimes surprise us. Perhaps yes, perhaps no. I surprised myself finally by standing up and not being in fear. Arranging the best deal we can. Well, I'm kind of liking that. I'm always liking a good deal. I didn't know what the best deal was. But see, God gave us brains to use. Oh, yes, that in the big book, too. We can let these people know we are sorry. There's the transformation. There's the transformation yet again. We are sorry. I don't want to get away with any more. For see, what I thought I was getting away with was holding me. I drink it made us slow to pay. Yeah. But look at the next line. We must lose our fear. I don't walk in fear today because I finally stand up too. Finally, I've got a knot. Do not fear, Paula. Go on. No matter how far we have to go. Oof! Again. For we are liable to drink if we are, there it is again, afraid to face them. And we have a fear prayer. And that's what I use. And then we have God with us, by our side, and that's how I walk. And we have each step, each step. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I, too, be passed. Thank you, Paula D. And Leah M., you're up. Thanks so much, Monica. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Most alcoholics owe money, telling them what we are trying to do. We make no bones about our drinking. We must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go, for we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. <laughs> um, you know, the financial amends were the first ones that I tackled. It, Even though it seemed threatening to do that, um, it was less threatening than some of the other ones that were on my list. So this was my first, the first ones that I attended to. And, you know, my disease had really uh, wreaked havoc in this area because, um, you know, in order to purchase my drugs of choice, uh, you know, I just kept writing check after check after check after check, and it would come back every month, insufficient funds, insufficient funds, um, you know, there was such mismanagement. These were in, this was in my college years. So much mismanagement of of any money that I had because I was uh, allowing these food purchases and necessity to binge uh, to take precedence over all my other obligations and needs. So it was chaotic. It was chaotic, and I owed a lot of money to a lot of places. And, of course, I had mentioned yesterday there had been, you know, some, uh, uh, you know, stealing. I mean, there's no other way to put it. You know, I had taken food and, and other things, and so there were amends I needed to make. And, yes, it was uncomfortable, and, yes, I was embarrassed, and, yes, uh, you know, I would have preferred to uh, perhaps skip these more humiliating and dreaded meetings and I could come up with all kinds of plausible excuses but the bottom line was that I was cornered 
where was I going to (laughs) go? There was only two doors here. Either I was going to continue on the path of compulsive overeating, because that's where I was going to end up. (laughs) And I was going to, my life was going to continue to deteriorate, and I was going to continue to disintegrate. Or I had this road, which was also uncomfortable, and it also created a little suffering, but less. Was I willing to go to any lengths for freedom? Freedom from compulsive overeating, freedom from this unmanageability, from this cancer of the soul that had crippled me over two decades? Was I willing to do what I needed to do to have a spiritual experience, to be completely transformed, to be changed, to be comfortable in my own skin finally, and to live a life that had never been available to me before? And so looking at that, what was I to do? I was cornered. You know, I was cornered and I pressed forward despite the discomfort And, you know, one after another of these amends, it became clear that with God's help, I was going to come through this archway and have a new life. And indeed, that's what happened. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Sarah W. Sarah W. Anybody else? Okay, go ahead, Sarah. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. This is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, you know, it's been very powerful, the eighth and ninth step, or, you know, really I think it must and have been so um, beneficial for my growth as a human being. Um, and, you know, it says in the 12 and 12 all about you know, relationships have been our issue. And if I don't do these things as far as making amends, uh, whether it be financial or um, amends for just behaviors or things that I've done, how can I live with myself? And uh, my husband has a plaque that says, forgiveness is letting go of the hope for a better past. And I think that is so um, important for me to remember that, you know, if if something keeps coming up in my heart, then it's something that I need to deal with. Well, I had about six months ago, I remembered that when my son was bar mitzvahed, that he had gotten a substantial amount of money and at that point um, was struggling with making um, mortgage payments and that kind of thing. And so about $2,000 that, that he had in the bank, and I had utilized that, you know, with my husband at the time to pay some things. And I, and I remembered it. I, it just never came up for me when I was doing my ninth step. And so that's something that I'm doing now. So I think, you know, it's like God brings these things to us when we're ready. And, you know, it's been so freeing for me, and it really allows me, you know, and I told my son, you know, um, I realized that, you know, I had taken from you many years ago. Uh, and it was wrong, and I really want to make this make this right. And, um, you know, his comment was, you know, well, yeah, I guess you should. And, you know, that's, I mean, he's 35 years old. I mean, that's his comment. And it's not for what he's going to do or how he's going to react, and I have to keep going back to that. I cannot have an expectation when I make an amend. It just has to be because it's the right thing to do. The, the the whole premise of the ninth step is justice. 
So I'm so grateful for it, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah W. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? Penny C. Penny C. Anybody else? Okay. Go ahead, Penny. Good morning, everybody, and thank you, Monica. This is Penny C., a recovered compulsive overreader from the Boston area. Um, as we're reading this and now talking about owing money the, or making, and making restitution, uh, it reminds me of how I could rationalize that, that something I was doing was perfectly fine and, and I should even get credit for what I was doing that was so dishonest. And as someone just said, more, you know, as I started doing these steps, I realized, oh my gosh, I was so dishonest. And I, I didn't let myself believe that. I thought I was pretty clever. So what I did that, that I had to make amends for in restitution with the help of my sponsor helped me figure out how we do that is back before, way before 12-step programs and when my, my um, girls were, were really little, uh, I didn't work outside the home, but I had a job. It was just like a full-time job. And that was collecting coupons and refund forms and being able to pass them when, when you know, I'd, I, would, I would even put all the energy into seeing which cashier was, looked like she was not going to check whether I had bought those objects or not. And, and I, I, I really, um, I had a coupon for everything in the store. And, um, and I passed them dishonestly. Didn't matter if I had that product or the right brand. I, and this went on for years, and I would even I would even brag about it. And when I went to do this step, and I told my sponsor, she said, "Oh my gosh, Penny, that was so dishonest." And she says, "You know, they could have put you in jail." And with the refunds that I would send away for that weren't honest, that was mail fraud. She told me, and and it hit me, of course. But for some reason, while I was doing it, I rationalized, well, God must know we need the money because we, we, we were pretty poor, uh, my family. And God must know, you know, I, I was really, really in, in la-la land. So the way that my sponsor told me uh, was a good idea to make an anonymous donation to a food pantry because um, I didn't even know what I owed, nor did I know that, you know, I don't know how many, have no idea how much money uh, I had I had really swindled. And so she told me to make a donation that, that, that hurt a little, a donation big enough that it would, would send the message to me and to my higher power that I knew that that was wrong now and that I was making amends. And, oh, how freeing, how freeing when I did that. And today, um, I hardly ever, ever use coupons, nor would I ever try to pass any any that's, um, you know, a lot not legitimate. But, oh, my gosh. So th- these steps are wonderful, and this one in particular, because um, I didn't think I was ever dishonest with money. And so I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Penny C. 
And uh, sorry, we have come to the end of our time here this morning so quickly. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Alice M., could you read for us, please, from A Vision for You? Yes, thank you, Monica. This is Alice M., a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic from Florida. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.